This is the NH Experience. Wake your goat mouth ass up. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what this is coming down through the audience. You know what I'm saying? Thank you because now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the NH Experience here on Sirius XM, Slam Radio 145. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be on this planet. Hope everybody had a great weekend and a great start to the brand new week. The best 60 minutes of your week starts right now. Of course, I got Ari Rose in the house along with my man, producer extraordinaire, Jake Warner. What's going on, y'all? Yo, yo, yo. What's good? in the building. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> What's good, y'all? <laughs> if y'all can see, if y'all can see Ari right now with her freaking jersey oh, on, God. I get it. I mean, that Sunday, Monday night hangover is just no oh. joke, isn't it? What you mean? I'm just asking. Listen, I want to ask you this because if y'all don't know who Ari Rose is, y'all need to go Google her because she's definitely out here in these street, these media streets, doing big things now. I always wanted to know, because Ari has the look, she has the personality, she got the charisma. How come you were never a cheerleader? Because we see a lot of a lot of media personalities that were former cheerleaders, and they grow on to do, you know, do their thing. Why weren't you a cheerleader? Because I could so see you as like a 49ers or like a Raiderette. Really? <laughs> she doesn't carry you a switchblade. A, a Raiderette carries a switchblade. Come well, on. I think- Number one, when I was old enough to to be a cheerleader, I had a daughter, so that was number one. Okay. The <laughs> mom. Okay. Um, okay. Two, I am not coordinated. Like I can't do that. Like three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine. Hold up. Do you do first the- Latin- <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. You're the first Latina I know to talk about. She ain't. Cool. I know you got soul. I see you out there. I know I, you got rhythm. I have rhythm. I said I'm not coordinated. Like my right, left, left, right. Like. <laughs> I would be like, I've done Zumba and I'm the only person crashing into everybody during Zumba. So you dance to the words, not the beat. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I dance to the beat. I just can't like count and know when to go left or right and like right arm up and left leg out. Like, you know, when you were little, they used to tell you like tap your nose and rub your belly at the same time. Yeah. You see how you do it? Do it, Jake. I can do it. Wait, wait hold on. There we go. I can do it. Okay, do it I got skills. Look, no, Nick can't look. He rubbing his nose. <laughs> he had to think about it too. I can do it. <laughs> You're supposed to think before you act. That's that's the problem with society. We don't think before we act. Man, but sometimes muscle memory too. Jake is a cheerleader for sure. I can be. I cheerleader. Oh my god, have you have you seen Jake's? Have you seen Jake blew up? Jake went viral. We were at Venice Beach one time. Really quick story before we get into the show. So we were all at Venice Beach one time, right? And Jake had his his friends. Shout out to to his his, his friends or whatever. And we dared Jake to go out there with these TikTokers and do this dance. Jake was a complete fool. He had me on the ground. I was rolling. He had he had he had commanded an audience. You know how people when you on Venice Beach they kind of crowd around you when you start commanding. He commanded an audience within <laughs> within sixty seconds. I swear to God. We, we, and we, it was hilarious. Right in front of the sidewalk cafe. Yeah, we the, the girl was dancing, and they dared me. They they were like, "Oh, you won't go out there. Never dare me on anything because I'm not. I I don't have that gene of fear. I only fear God, the IRS, and Mike Tyson's left hook. I ain't worried about nothing else. You know." And, and, the, and the thing is, when you challenge me, not only am I going to do it, I'm going to take pictures and do it and show you that I ain't scared. So, yeah, we went viral with it. So, I could, I, you know, people were like, oh, man, you can't you know, dance. But it was for comedy. On social media. 
You're gonna have to post this video on social media. Oh, I already posted. I already posted. It, it went viral. Yeah, it went viral. Okay, well, I need you to reshare it so I can see it. Okay, well, I'll do that just for you. Thank you. <laughs> if it's going on in the world of sports and entertainment, you know Nick Hamilton is gonna speak on it. It's time to get it poppin'. So Ari, how was your weekend? What'd you do? Um, my weekend was cool, man. My parents are in town visiting from the Bay. You know, we from the Bay. Shout out to the Yay. Anyway, just hung out with the family, watched some football. What game did you catch this weekend? What's funny is I barely caught a lot of games because I was at Dodger Stadium and then Saturday I actually had to go to the Rams facility uh in the morning to talk to Jalen Ramsey and Coach McVay before the obviously before the Monday night affair. Uh, up at Levi, um, and then went to the Dodgers, had to get some interviews from the Dodgers, then went to USC uh, and at the Coliseum and went to USC against Arizona State. USC's 5-0. and Caleb Williams looked like the old Caleb Williams before a week ago when he looked like absolute trash. So it was good to see him bounce back. So I caught a few games on Sunday because, you know, of course the Rams were off. Um, and it was funny. Let me ask y'all this, right? Have you ever been to a job and the level of expectation was so high, but yet you were able to reach those levels of expectation in intervals. And every time you reach those interval expectations, the goalpost was moved. Oh yeah. All the time. Mm -hmm. For sure. Well, that, well, that's the case with Lamar Jackson, the quarterback of the Baltimore Ravens, because apparently Lamar Jackson still can't get the respect that he deserves. And the reason why I say that is because when he first came in the league, they said, oh, he's a running quarterback. He's not going to be able to last long in the NFL. And then, then the next knock was he can't throw accurate from the pocket. So then he worked on that. Now he throws accurate from the pocket. Well, he can't extend plays. He can't extend drives. Okay, so now he extends plays and extends drives. Okay, well, he can't throw accurate to his receivers. He can't He can't put the ball on the money as, as often as he should. Um, he runs too much. This, that, and the third. Well, he fixed all of that, and he's a definitely a top ten quarterback in the NFL, which leads me to believe because when I watched the game, and I'm sure some both of you watched the game on Sunday uh, when it was a showdown against the Buffalo Bills, who I deemed as a team that could possibly more than likely represent the AFC in the Super Bowl, and they lost twenty three twenty in a tight game, even though Baltimore had a significant lead uh, heading into the fourth quarter or near the fourth quarter, I should say. Um, you can't blame Lamar Jackson for that. The people I blame are the guys who are able to catch the ball or make plays with the ball, a.k.a. J.K. Dobbins, who has been an absolute disappointment since he's been drafted into the NFL, whether he was injured or not having the level of productivity that I expected a running back of his caliber to have. And to me, Lamar Jackson has done more with less. I mean, they, they took away his receivers. He no longer has Hollywood Brown, who they traded to the Arizona Cardinals. He doesn't have the top-notch receivers. So to me, the only other thing I could think of as a reason why he's not getting the, the respect that he deserves as a quarterback is the fact that they fear the black quarterback. They don't think he's still capable of being a quarterback as a black man in the NFL. I know we talk about that. I know you do. You can look at the Pat Mahomes and you look at the Russell Wilson's of the world. But Lamar Jackson is, continues to get flat. And I do not understand why he continues to get flat. Where are his, where is his help? Where is his where is where is his Cooper Cup? Where is his Keenan Allen and Mike Williams? Where is his, uh, you know, DK Metcalf? Where is his CD Lamb? Where is his uh, Jamar Chase? 
if he had if he had receivers like that and actually a real running back that he could actually get behind, Lamar Jackson would probably maybe hopefully prayerfully get the respect that he damn deserves. Well, it's just like with Randall Cunningham back in the day and Michael Vick back in the day. When you're seen as a scrambler, you know, it's it's that stigma with the black quarterback that always happens, okay? And we've seen it generation after generation. And this is also a ploy to not have to pay him when he's worth. You know, he's done more with chicken bleep, you know, made chicken bleep out of chicken salad or whatever that stupid phrase is. This man has done more with less. And they don't want to pay him for it. The man deserves the money, but because of the stigma of the black quarterback that scrambles, you know, we know Donovan McNabb wasn't like that. That dude couldn't run to save his life, you know, later on in, in his career. But that's what it is. And he has no help, and he's still getting it done. And that's why I think he's, you know, going through what he's going through. People want to put you in a certain box, but once you exceed expectations, they get mad that you do that, so they got to find another reason to, to make it hard for you. Yeah, people are just intimidated by his greatness because they see that he is able to still produce, that he is able to exceed every single level that you place upon him. He is exceeding it, and people don't understand. They're trying to make him fail, or they're waiting for him to fail. And unfortunately, that's what happens in a lot of these careers in, in society. Period. Yeah. You know, you you're talking about exec levels, and and even later on, what we're going to talk about with like women in men dominated industries. Right. So this happens a lot, unfortunately, that when somebody sees a potential threat, they're going to try to do everything they can to put a bar where they feel like you can't exceed those expectations or they feel like you're going to fail. And when you don't, they scramble to try to figure out what's the next. So it's one of those things that it's a very unfortunate. I think he's a great, great quarterback. Um, I think he's doing a great job. And it's just a matter of time before people just kind of like, OK, we've got to love him. Right. Like we, we see what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Like he's going to have to continue to do his best continue to do what he's doing and the right people are going to get behind him and he's going to create a fan base that no one's going to be able to break down later on he's definitely going to win i think he's definitely got to build a fan base like you said but also too this is a guy who's an mvp he's won a playoff game and yet he still doesn't get the maximized dollars that he should and to me he's doing the aaron judge he's definitely betting on himself and he and it could pay huge dividends at the end of the season and then baltimore or some other team are going to have to pay for his services and it's going to cost them even more than it, w- it w- than it would have cost them if they went ahead and did the right thing. So we'll see what happens. And speaking of doing the right thing, woo, your boy Tom, your boy Tommy B, out here in these football streets. I mean, listen, and my boy, yeah, that's your. Oh yeah, Tom Brady's your boy, but Patrick Ow. Mahomes. We, I mean, listen, Patrick Mahomes is the truth. I, I, I've said that time and time again. I, like I told you, the times I watched him at Texas Tech, coming into the league. Having and, and and the thing I think that really helped Patrick Mahomes is the fact that he was able to truly sit out a season to really soak up as much knowledge and as much game as he could before he was able to take over the realm, take over at, at the helm rather of a quarterback of that magnitude of the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. And, and Patrick Mahomes, like uh, Travis Kelsey said, he is definitely today's Houdini. Um, <laughs> he is absolutely a guy that can figure out a way to win. He finds ways to extend plays to throw. I mean, he has that baseball career, so he's able to throw sideways. He's able to throw the fastball like a four seam almost um, as he continues to throw to extend plays. And listen, Tom Brady is the GOAT. We all know that. Tom Brady is the the greatest of all time. Um, On Sunday, three TDs. He still had a QBR of 114. 
but he did not look like am I missing something or he did he still doesn't look like the Tom Brady that we've been accustomed to is Giselle that much on his head and you know I think that but I also think maybe he's just checked out you know maybe he's just over the game at this point I mean how long can you be in the same career in the same profession like before it fades out it's almost like a marriage right most people after 20 years <laughs> I love with their wife or their husband and they're just like hey, i'm just here because i have to be here but i don't really care to be i here. can relate to that <laughs> wait, wait 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 you're saying tom brady is checked out even though he is risking his marriage great but he's great by default is what i'm saying right like, he's still great he did like it comes like a like a it's it's second nature to him to what he does on the field i agree with ari 100 percent because he's done it so long he could he could be half the man he usually is and still dominate there's something going on with him mentally and it has to be home he doesn't look right physically he looks gaunt no, he and looks worn down more tired yes yeah he looks old. yeah and, and, and have you seen giselle at the games have you no, no. you ain't seen her there I'm gonna tell you. I'm, I'm gonna tell you why both of y'all are wrong. First of all, uh. this disrespect of Tom Brady must stop. First of all, Tom Brady is great, and the reason why he's great is because he he rises through adversity. I like just said he was great. Right now. I just said no, no, he was no, great. no, no. But you said <laughs> both of y'all said that he checked out. There's no way Tom Brady's checked out. If Tom Brady checks out, he's not playing. He's not gonna play the game. So he I don't. There. I don't think he's checked out. But he's in he's in a contract, so he has to show up for work. He ain't there. No, he doesn't. He ain't mentally you know, there. You know how much money? You know how much money Tom Brady's worth? You think he's playing for money? I'm just saying, all I'm saying is, but it could be for the passion. Look, Nick, in 20 years, you might be tired of talking about sports, but it's second nature to you that if someone was to put you on camera, you would just turn on like the superstar that you are and just kill it. Right. Even after not wanting to do it. Depends on the check. Oh, no. It does depends not, on the check at that dude, point. you got the passion, bro. Come on. And Tom Brady has it, the passion, but he just doesn't it, look like he's interested anymore. He's just going through the motions. But uh, you can't. You cannot go through the motions in the NFL. He will get cracked. You saw he got cracked a couple times on Sunday. He got cracked last year in the NFC Championship with the Rams. The dude had a busted lip, uh, uh, grass stains dude, all in his forehead like he was in a bar fight. How many linemen do you know that have quit the game because they're not interested, weren't interested in when they were playing, they're just building checks, but we're successful. We can all go into survival mode and still do great, and I think that's where Brady is right now. Because if he was playing at his best, he wouldn't be putting up the numbers I mean, he's putting up. He'd be look, way better. Look, uh, Uncle Tom needs to go home to Auntie Giselle and just fix things. Yes. And keep on traveling and what's next. Maybe become a coach, a coordinator on the sideline. Like, just yeah. live a happy life. Well, well first – well, here's the thing with that, though. See, this is why I said, first of all, the, the greatness of Tom Brady, that's, you don't, we don't talk about the late, great Kobe Bryant in the same way. We didn't talk about him that way. We don't talk about Michael Jordan in that way. We didn't talk about, we don't talk about LeBron in that way as far as guys mailing it in. Y'all acting like Tom Brady's mailing it in. No. We don't, we're not going to sit up here and act like Chris Godwin and, and, and Mike Evans haven't been hurt and he hasn't had his top-notch wide receivers I get that. on a consistent basis. I get that. We're not going to sit up here today to throw three touchdowns and had, like I said earlier, a QBR of 114.7. Okay, but listen, that man made stars. No one cared about Edelman. No one cared. Edelman would have never been a pro bowler without Tom Brady. Tom Brady can make nobodies into somebody. So I don't want to hear, oh, he doesn't have that person or that person. That man knows how he to throw didn't. up. It doesn't matter. This dude does not look like he's into the game. I'm sorry. It doesn't matter. 
I'm telling Jake, you. Jake, you have lost your mind. I you lost, lost my mind. You're mind. caping for this guy, and I'm telling you. How am I caping when I just gave you facts? How am I caping? This guy can make stars facts. from nobody, and he's not doing that right now. He's hey, not how there. About, <laughs> how, how about them Eagles, though, guys? Undefeated, <laughs> only team in the league. Undefeated. <laughs> hey. Fly, Eagles, fly. I, I love hey, it. Listen. <laughs> and, and I'm so glad, not that just to go a little off topic for two seconds, but I'm so glad the Raiders actually won as much as oh, I like the They were about to be the only team in the NFL with no wins Good. in the league. Damn. Good. I lost money, too. I, I wish they'd be on 4 I'm a Charger fan. I don't give a damn about no Raiders. <laughs> but here's the thing. <laughs> but here's the thing. What has been different? about the Eagles this year because we know we, we've seen the Eagles have you know decent starts in in, in especially the past two seasons usually it's, it's the Cowboys Dak Prescott and company find a way to have an, a a really fast you know a fast start but unfortunately we know Dak has been out now he's talking about coming back in time for the Rams game when the Cowboys travel to SoFi which I think is the stupidest thing Bad that you move, can do yeah. and I don't I don't believe it uh, I, I walk by sight when it comes to Dak Prescott um but when you look at the Eagles and you look at what they've been able to construct, what they've been, what they've done over the years, to me, I think the Eagles, this may, this may, may essentially be their year, especially with the Cowboys being down. I know Cooper Rush, he's undefeated at, at, at his start under center. I know Cooper Rush has done his thing. And if you watch the game, uh, the boring ass game that you watched on Sunday against the Washington Commandos. Uh, CD Lamb was running, was was catching all over the field. They made CD Lamb look like the next coming of Michael Irvin. Oh man! Uh, Yo, where do you get all these nicknames? I like, know, <laughs> just disrespect them. Disrespect them. Wrong profession. <laughs> uh, I, but but to go on your point, <laughs> to go on your point, I think the reason why. Really? I think the reason why the Eagles are doing so well is because the camaraderie. If you see these guys in the locker room, outside the locker room, they all gel very well. And a lot of people uh, undermine that and say, oh, you know, chemistry in the locker room is overrated. I don't think so. You know, if you don't get along with teammates, you're not going to win. But these guys, they've all bought into the same system. They all want to win together. And I think that's why they're playing so much better than they did last year. That's why they're Well, credit goes to a lot of credit goes to Jalen Hurts, too. Everybody wants to criticize Jalen Hurts and and give up on him and not say he's going to be that quarterback. But apparently he is that quarterback in the city of brotherly love because they love him. But they better keep it up, though, because if they ever go on on a losing streak, it gets rough. It, 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 things ain't always sunny in Philadelphia. Let me get. Let me tell you that much. <laughs> I know it's gonna get real. It's gonna get real rough. All right, y'all. Coming up on the other side of the break, we'll get into the breakdown of Rachel Nichols' interview with all the smoke. What really transpired between her and Maria Taylor in ESPN? Also, we'll get into uh, the, the the murders of PNB Rock. Were also captured. We'll get into that and what type of punishment we expect from them. And later on in the show. Of course, man, I don't even want to step next to this guy because every time you, you see me step next to somebody, somebody come up pregnant. We'll get into that in more on the other <laughs> side of the break. You're checking out the NH Experience here on Sirius XM Slam Radio 145. Keep it locked. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle by Lowen. Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker Every What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio Sirius XM. Yeah. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 2949, iHeart Latino. 
Hit the local liquor store because we ran out of roll up. Gotta keep a mask for the Rona. Roll it with my click like the Shogun. He was just blood, nigga. Now we all Welcome back to the NH Experience here on Sirius XM, Snap Radio 145. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at Nick Hamilton LA and on Twitter at Nick Hamilton 213. Make sure you follow Ari Rose on all social media platforms as well as Jake Warner. And Big Brother Jake on all social media platforms. And also make sure you check out Nightcast Media, your gateway to sports, pop culture, tech, community, all rolled into one. That's nightcastmedia.com. All right, y'all. So, of course, we talked about the NFL. We talked about, of course, uh, y'all despicable hate for Tom Brady. There's no hate. Uh, Come on. But also, there was some other hate going on, or at least we, what we perceived as hate. <laughs> When it came to Rachel Nichols and Maria Taylor and the whole ESPN fiasco. Well, there was some excerpts that came out through the course of that. Allegedly, Rachel Nichols said this. She felt that way. Maria Taylor bounced back. Uh, ESPN put out a statement. So there was some clarity. Finally, we got clarity, or at least what we perceive as clarity, on this particular story as, as Rachel Nichols appeared on a special episode of All the Smoke with host Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson. Here's some of the excerpts of what she had to say when it came to her account of what transpired according to the situation. What changed on how you felt in the workplace? Well, things got complicated later that season. Y'all know it was 2020, right? Yeah, so the world was we had a pandemic. Crazy spot. There was the tragic murder of your friend, George mm-hmm. Floyd. A lot of difficult conversations with this country looking itself in the face, right. seeing what had to change and be different. And the New York Times did an expose in July of 2020 on racism at ESPN and the lack of opportunities for people of color. And the executives at ESPN said what, I think people would expect all the right things about we'd like to give more people more opportunities. We're continuing to grow, all of those things. And around the same time, I got a phone call asking me, would I step aside for Maria to host the NBA Finals and have me go back to being a sideline reporter? And they stressed it was my choice. They weren't telling me to do this because it was in my contract, but they were putting a lot of pressure on me. You know, I was being told, well, you're not a team player. All right, that audio appeared courtesy of Showtime and All the Smoke. Here's my thing real quick on Rachel Nichols. I don't think Rachel Nichols is a racist, okay? I'm going to get that out the way right now. Do I think she she rooted for Maria Taylor? Sure. But I also believe that Rachel Nichols did not want Maria Taylor to have more success than her. You could always, anytime somebody says, oh, I gave her her flowers. I said that she, you know, she wanted, I thought I saw she was an incredible reporter or broadcaster or what have you. The other thing is the fact that you could always compliment somebody because truth is still the truth. Doesn't mean that you support that truth just because you speak it. Because she said about Maria Taylor was like, I think she's incredible, but I don't want her taking my spot. I'm not going to sacrifice my spot for hers. Okay, and my thing is this. ESPN put pin those two together, so ESPN was filed for that. But she offered Rachel Nichols when it came to those those comments that came out in an alleged conversation between her and and another individual, because she claimed that the equipment that she used because she was doing the show in the bubble uh, that she didn't realize she left the app open. 
Now, how the hell you don't realize you left an app open after you've been shown how to use the, the equipment is beyond me. I think that was just an excuse. I think you were just careless and you just didn't give a damn. You didn't think it was going to get picked up. And somebody happened to hold on to that for a year and then release the audio of what you said. She said that she was spied on, that the convo uh, about the convo that she had regarding Maria Taylor. She also said she called Maria Taylor talented, but she didn't want ESPN to take the opportunity away from her because of lack of because of the lack of diversity article on ESPN that appeared in the New Yorker. And that she said it was in her contract that she was supposed to host the NBA finals. But ESPN came to her and said, no, we want Maria Taylor to host the NBA finals. Would you like to go back to being a sideline reporter? And she did clarify, and I'm talking about Rachel Nichols, did clarify and say that she said that ESPN said it was voluntarily, that it was up to her decision. However, she said that ESPN put pressure on her, that she wasn't a team player. And that she wasn't going along with the status quo of her being moved over for Maria Taylor. And that to me, like I said earlier, certain folks want you to succeed. They just don't want you to succeed beyond them. And to me, that's not true success. That's not truly wishing a person well. I don't don't know if it's to succeed beyond them. I Mm -hmm. understand where she's coming from because it's like, I've worked this hard. I've earned this position. This is my right. You gave it to me. Now you want to come to me and say, do you voluntarily want to give it up? I don't think she doesn't want Maria to be better than her. I think she just wants Maria to be great in her own lane. Like, this is my lane. I created this lane. I've worked this lane. That's just like if you were in tech and you moved up to you know, CFO or whatever you want to call it. And then you're about to be promoted to president or something. And then all of a sudden they say, Hey, well, you know what, you know, would you mind it's voluntarily, but we would like Nick to have it. Why the hell should I give it to Nick? Just cause you want Nick to have it, but I've been here for 20 years and I'm this close to having what I want. That doesn't mean I don't want Nick to succeed. It just means I want what's mine. I've been cooking this dish. I'm going to sit down and eat it. It's about to be finished. And you want me to give my hot plate that I've been working on for 20 years to somebody else? She didn't, you know, she didn't uh, add to my success. She didn't contribute to my success. She's successful in her own lane. Let her do what she does in her lane. Give her an opportunity to thrive more on her lane, right? Because they were talking about Maria was in the football stuff. So why not create more positions for her? With football, why does she have to come? Why does it have to be the NBA finals that I've been wanting to do? So I understand where she's coming from. That I don't think it's, I don't want you to be more successful than me. I just think it's like, hey, dog, like, I've been working on this. Like, I don't want to give it up. And that's her right to say, I don't want to give it up. But let me ask you this real quick before Jake taps in. Do you think that Rachel felt threatened because Maria Taylor is actually talented? And was creeping on a come up, meaning she was the next, she was the new wave on the incline. Because normally, because normally when people aren't, normally when people aren't a threat to you, you don't really care. You can be like, oh yeah, whatever. Cause you know, they're going, you feel like they're not going to be exceptional like you are. Mm-hmm. And that to me, that's what raised the issue to me. I think Rachel Nichols felt some heat nipping at her heels and she saw Maria Taylor on a come up. And she was like, no, because she knew Maria Taylor took over that spot. She wasn't getting it back. Right. Well, Maria's been in, in the industry for how long? Not yeah. as long as Rachel. I, I, it's been it's been quite some time, but not as long as Rachel. Rachel's been in there okay. over 20 so, years. So that's the thing, right? So the older you get, man or woman, I think you start kind of getting insecure about losing your job, losing your position, because people are always being replaced. 
but that doesn't mean that you don't want them to be successful. It's just like, I would probably feel the same way. It's, it's a, it's a threat in a, not a threat in a way, but it's like, you do start to feel insecure in a sense, but I think it's also to Rachel to like step her to reinvent the wheel to, you know, maybe create new things. You, you, you got to keep up with the times. I think there was some jealousy involved personally. Cause I think, I think Rachel was, was scared that, like I said, Maria was coming, coming in. If they gave Maria that, that big time opportunity, she was going to shine bright. And she did. She had, she handled her business. And to me, if you're so secure and I don't understand this about older people, if you're so secure in what you've done, why are you worried about the next person coming up? Because guess what? If your lane is solidified and you know your value and what you've been able to accomplish in those years, it's just like if I have a new person come behind me, guess what? I'm not worried about if they're trying to you know, usurp me in any kind of way because guess what? They haven't done the things that I've done in, my, in the time that I've done them in. So my position is what it is. They're not going to be able to talk to Kobe Bryant. I had. They're not going to be able to sit down with D-Wade like I did. I did. They're not going to be able to sit down and go to red carpet premieres and you know that have already happened and did and talk, you know what I'm saying? Like that's already done. So you can't why am I worried about the person coming behind me? My my I think there's two different topics here. Okay. One is what the facts that are being stated in the clips and the audio, which is she did not want to give up her NBA finals to Maria. That's what the conversation is. Now, mm-hmm. what's behind there and the insecurities, I think a lot of us come with certain insecurities or certain Things. And it comes with the, being in the industry. You get so many no's, you get so many rejections, and then you add being a woman in a male industry-dominated industry, that creates a little more insecurity and just a little more of like competitiveness and like my claws have to come out and I have to be more on my toes and I got to be more alert and more ready to pounce. So um, I think there's two topics here. I don't. I definitely don't think she's racist. I just think she she wanted to protect what was rightfully hers. You know, I I agree with Orion. Everything you said, and, and I'm gonna tell you why. You know, I, I've actually talked to Rachel Nichols several times. I've met her, I've discussed a lot of things with her. You know, I've been doing this 23 years, but I'm not opposed uh, uh, to learning anything new. I, I'm, I'm forever a student in life and, and in my career, and I think that's why I've been successful. Now, I watched this twice. I watched it from a producer point of well, as a as a fan and then I watched it as a producer and all of us have achieved some sort of success and we've achieved success let's be honest here we're all people of color so we've had to work twice as hard to get where we're at okay that's facts you know I've had to work twice as hard to get half of what somebody barely worked to get what they want to get with Rachel Nichols earning her way up to the top you know she's worked in newspapers in in St. Petersburg and Washington D.C. And, and, and she's done all sports, but basketball is what she wanted to do. Now, she really worked her ass off to get where she's at. And first of all, it was a private conversation. And we've all had private conversations about people that, you know, if, we, if it got out, we'd all lose our careers. Okay? Facts. <laughs> Let's just be honest about it. If some of the stuff that we talked about off air made it to the New York Post or the New York Times, we'd all be in trouble. But Rachel... I can identify with her because I would be, I'm not worried about losing my position because I worked my ass off. And I think she was just saying, look, ESPN is pitting us to, against one another. She should go somewhere else. Meaning 
They should find another lane for her because I've worked my ass off to get here. I don't think she's jealous of her. I don't think she's worried about her. And I, I really do think it's like, hey, I did everything I could to be here. You guys wanted me here. Now you guys want us to battle it out and you want me to be a team player after all the work I've done? I think that's unfair to ask of anyone. It'd be like, hey, Nick, you know, I know you worked really hard. You're on TV, but we need you to get behind the camera because we need an extra cameraman. Like, that's not fair to, to Rachel. Like, to me, that I, it's wrong. And I don't believe she's racist, and I damn sure don't believe she's jealous. Oh, here's, I have a profound respect for Rachel Nichols, right? Let me, yeah. let me, let me, let me, let me make that abundantly clear. I had I I liked Rachel Nichols when she stood up to Commissioner Goodell, yes. right, and really challenged him on some issues mm-hmm. that a lot of reporters have not have not either been heard or didn't have the balls enough to ask the commissioner at the time, mm-hmm. right. And that's when I really started paying attention to her and it's like, oh, who is this? Like, okay, mm-hmm. I remember her, yeah. right? I remember from being on CNN. I remember her from being on Turner. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, you know, going to ESPN and, and so forth. Now she's on Showtime. Uh, mm-hmm. She's got a new contract on Showtime. My thing is this, right? And I thought about this, and it's just a thought. I figured Rachel Nichols. I didn't. I didn't. I. I wasn't feeling bad for her because I knew she would bounce back. Mm-hmm. Because number one, who her daddy is in the industry, and number two, who her mother-in-law is in the industry. If you don't know that, go ahead and Google it. It'll come up. And she has, and her mother-in-law is very well connected. If you don't know who she is. So I wasn't worried about that. She had she she had a way to get back in. But how many people that that's happened to, especially people of color, that that's happened to that don't have that backing, that don't have a key to get back in to the building, so to speak. And how many people of color have been asked to do those things that did not make the news? Men and women and primarily women, black women, Latino women, um, you know, other women of color, how many times have they been passed over or or been almost forced, not even asked, at least Rachel Nichols was asked, but forced to move to the side for another counterpart that didn't look like them. Uh, well, That's what I thought. Well, let's be honest, though. If, if that conversation that she has, private conversation, by the way, doesn't get out, this none of this is news. Not one bit but, of it. But, but, that goes, but that goes to show you how she truly feels because we, we could talk about private conversations all you want. That's why you have to be cognizant of w- what's going on I around agree. you. And I'm, not, and I'm not blaming her. Mm-hmm. I'm not blaming Rachel be, but, you know, for, for leaving the, the, the camera on or whatever the sound device was on. But we also know how many times private conversations are taking people down, a la Donald Sterling. Oh, yeah. Right. So you watch what you so, say. <laughs> right. Because that's but that's truly how you feel. And that's why I said the whole jealousy thing, because I'm like, why? Yeah, I understand you being upset because some, you ask us, somebody's asking you to move out the way of a position that you earned, that you were told in your contract that this is what you were going to do. But at the same time, the 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 the, the I listened to the voice tone. I listen to the manner in which you said it. And it's not often what you say, it's how you say it. I could say, hello, good morning. And Ari could be like, oh, that's nice. Good morning. Ari could be like, damn, what's wrong with you? <laughs> now, I could have a raspy voice. I could be hoarse. And I'm not even coming at her sideways. But if I come at her like that, she might think, well, what's wrong with him? Right. And my voice could be raspy. I could be hoarse. You know what I'm saying? Because I just got through yelling at somebody else, and now my voice is hoarse. Mm-hmm. Or I could say, hello, Ari. Good morning. How are you, beloved? 
I can say something like that, and she's gonna be like, "Oh yeah, Nick is doing cool." You know what I'm saying? It's all about what you say, and I think a lot of people took offense to how she said what she said yeah, in but, a private conversation. But that's all I'm saying. We've all done it though. That's the thing. It's just it's not broadcasted. We've all done it. I don't care yeah, who says that, that's the point, Jake. We've all no, we done get, it, but it hasn't surfaced to the public. That's all because I'm saying. Because we're smarter not, than Rachel Nichols, and we don't get heard. Like, I mean, <laughs> we don't, we know how to turn off our devices yes. when we're supposed to. Yes, and that's exactly. Yeah. I'm sorry. You know, it's a, it's an it's an unfortunate situation that they're all going through. It's yeah. unfortunate that they got thrown in this crossfire as well when she was just probably minding her business, and uh, you know. Now Rachel's on Showtime, and maybe that was her way that she, you know, God pushed her out of ESPN to elevate and move in her own lane and shine differently. So they all won because Marie Taylor's God. over at NBC now making buku bucks. You know, yep. so everybody won, and ESPN's the one that lost out on both of them. So I guess God, God in the form of Diane Sawyer. Okay. <laughs> um, anyway, hey, who, and listen, hey, if you got it, use it. Listen, I'll drop a name in a minute to get a job. I don't give a damn. Take it, take advantage of your advantages. <laughs> I'm right. not mad. I think Rachel Nichols is an incredible journalist. I enjoyed her interview, her interview style. She's one of the people that I listen to as mm-hmm. far as interview styles go because I think she's a really good she's interviewer. Amazing. I think she knows how to bring people out. Just like you listen to people like Dan Patrick and mm-hmm. other people that know how to interview people and really bring it out of them. People like Sway. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Same thing. Um so I think it's just a, it's a technique. But, you know, like you said, Jake, um, congratulations to Rachel Nichols for getting the Showtime job. I'm glad she's back on the air and being back in with doing something she that she needs loves to be to back do. on the air. She's great. Um, don't begrudge her one iota. Mm-mm. Maria Taylor, shout out to her mm-hmm. um, and what she's doing over at NBC. And she's she's hosting Football Night in America. Mm-hmm. I think she does a fantastic job as well. Um, and, you know, and, and and hopefully this will open up the doors and open up the conversations for more women of color to get opportunities and not have to be pegged against one another to get it. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 294.9, iHeart Latino. I miss running with the homies in the street at the school playing catch, no Nikes on my feet. I remember when I got my first tongue kiss. A bag of fries only cost 95 cents. I don't fabricate raps, I spit real ish. Final segment of the show. Welcome back to the NH Experience here on Sirius XM Slam Radio 145. Make sure you check us out on all social media platforms at Nightcast Media. That's N I T E C A S T M E D I A. All right, y'all. So, unfortunately, we talked about uh, the murder of PB Rock. That happened several weeks ago. Um, but recently, they have uh, apprehended his killers. Uh, unfortunately, it was a father and son team. A uh, 17-year-old was identified as pulling the trigger and attempting to rob uh, PNB Rock at a Roscoe's in South Central LA um, in front of his, uh, his child's mother and uh, eventually pulled the trigger, killing uh, PNB Rock at the location. Uh, the father uh, apparently drove the getaway car uh, that happened to commit the crime. Um, do you guys see any justice happening uh, with this situation? And if so, what type of justice do you think will happen and what type of justice should happen, Ari? I mean, I I have so many questions and um, like so many thoughts about this situation, right? Um, because it's like, 
what parents, like what kind of parenting has this child even had? You know, you see kids that are out here robbing, uh, burglarizing, shooting, killing, and you wonder, okay, are the parents absent? Are the parents in jail? This kid had his parents in the car with him. Like that type of enablement is something from, you know, that does happen and we don't see it, but it's like, it's something out of, it's, it's insane to me that like your father and your mother were in the car while you jump out to go rob somebody, take their lives, get in the car. What do you go? Damn mom, dad, that went bad. I just killed someone. Let's go. Like that is number one. Number two, as far as justice goes, I mean, is it okay? So I want to gather my thoughts because he's 17. One, is he going to be tried as an adult or tried as a juvenile, right? Because he's not 18 yet. And two, it's so unfair for this kid to go. I mean, I know he took someone's life, but it's like the type of parenting that he's had. He doesn't know any better. He doesn't know any difference. And for him to be tried as an adult and then be in jail for like 25 years or to do life, it's so unfortunate to see a young child like never have an opportunity to do better or to even know better, right? All right, let me ask you this question. And God forbid, I'm just putting you as you and I are both parents. If God forbid, if somebody did that to your daughter and they were 17, how would you feel? Would you you care if they were trying? I'm not not forgiving the kid. I'm just saying it's so Mm -hmm. unfortunate as a mother of a 20 year old daughter. Like, my, you know, you, we all have kids, right? We Mm -hmm. we lead by example, we show how hardworking, you know, how to earn your money rightfully how to have morals, how to respect people and humanity. And there's kids that don't even get a, a glimpse of that in their lives. Like this kid clearly didn't know any better for him to feel comfortable enough to be in a car with his parents. And then it's like, how do you know they're, they're not these bad parents that are like, you better go in there and, you know what I mean? Like, it's just crazy. The whole story is just so unfortunate. Um, but I mean, all you can do is pray for everybody that's been affected by it. Let me say this, and, and well said, Ari, by the way. I'm going to say this. First of all, I think the little bastards should be tried as an adult, and I hope they stretch him till he's 18. Because if you know, if you're old enough to grab a gun, know how to shoot, know how to rob, yes, granted, and, I, and to your point, we don't know how he was exactly raised, what he, the values that he wasn't brought into, all that, I don't really give a damn. When you're seven, now, if this were a 12 or a 13-year-old, I'd have a lot, I have a little bit more compassion oh, yeah, because this is an 11, 12, or 13 year old kid who's under the guidance, unfortunately, or so called guidance of the, the people that have been left in charge of, of him or her. This is a 17 year old who knew how to, how to go about. I have seen people that have had the shittiest of parents. Excuse my expression, but that's just how I feel right now. Right. Uh, but because this, this situation kind of broke my heart. Because to hear this young man, yes, he was braggadocious. Yes, he was talking about ain't nobody going to rob me and all this stuff. And that was ignorant as hell to say. But the man did not deserve to lose his life because he said something oh, yeah. ignorant. We have all said stuff ignorant, whether in public or in private. But Freddie Lee Trone is a, is a complete piece of shit. Oh, yeah. And his wife as well. And I don't give a damn who hears this, who got a problem with it. I don't really care. And if you have a problem with what I have to say, you need to look in the mirror because these two pieces of crap raised an individual in this lifestyle and now ruined, not only ruined 
his life. But because they weren't crap, they want their son to be not worth crap. And their son more likely is going to spend the rest of his life in jail as a result. Right. And now P&B Rock's kids no longer have a father that they're going to be able to grow up with. The same thing we said about Young Dolph, the same thing we said about the late gray Nipsey Hussle. Now Hussle's kids have, have got to be raised without their father. That young lady, his daughter, I'm talking about Nipsey Hussle's daughter, will never ever have her father see her graduate high school or walk her down the aisle when it's time for her to get married if she goes that direction or graduate from college or let's say she creates something that changes the world. He'll never be able to, to witness that, and she'll never be able to have that father. His young son will never be able to see him graduate from kindergarten or from junior high or high school or college or whatever whatever great things his son, his little son decides to do in the world because some idiot took that away from them that they'll ne- they never had a choice in saying. Yeah. So that's why I have no remorse. I have no respect. I have no uh, uh problems with they stretch you till he's 18 and try him as an adult i really and i'm I'm not and i'm not saying that i you know what i mean i hope no i get you i'm just saying like it's so unfortunate like you're saying for all these parties involved like this gun violence has gotten so out of control so many people are missing out on so many beautiful things in life because people are just i don't know I'm only praying for PNB Rock's family and those who are affected by him. I don't give a damn about the rest of these people. I know you feel differently, and that's all fine and good, but I don't feel nothing for these bastards that sit up here and killed this young boy for for some damn jewelry and a damn bust-down rollie or whatever he had on his wrist. I don't give a damn what it is. And anybody else that was in, 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 in concert with these people need to also go down to jail. And, and be tried for this crime because this is an, this is this is absolutely absurd and i'm sick and tired of seeing this shit i really am like i'm so tired of seeing young black men being executed in the ways because they worked hard you say what you want about pnb rock i wasn't a fan i never li- really listened to his music or knew that was his music but that young man worked to a certain level to where he was able to enjoy his success and be able to provide for it, not only himself but his family so, Jake, you can take it away, man. I'm, I'm done with this. All right, here we go. It's always something to talk about. Let's check out the Moments Brunch. What's cooking this week, guys? All right, on a little lighter note here. Um, this is something that kind of sparks me. Just get so upset. Kenya Burris was on Charlemagne the God show hell of a week and said he was happy with the final product of Coming to America 2, and there's a third movie coming out, good Lord have mercy, but he won't be involved. Smart move. Should there be a third, and was the sequel worth the wait? Can I say something first? Yes, please. The the sequel was not worth the wait. They disrespected the original, and it was a waste of time. I wasted two hours of my life on that, and it wasn't funny, didn't laugh one time. How do y'all feel Not even once? Not once. And I laugh at everything. I laugh at everything. I laugh at people falling. I laugh at my kids doing stuff. I didn't laugh one time. And I'm dead yeah. serious. My kids were with me. And they're like, Dad, you, you're really not into this movie. Like, no. So you're telling me you're not going to be watching number three? You're damn right I'm not. <laughs> at all. <laughs> you know, I think, I think number two was like a reunion. It's like they just told everybody to come back in the room 
and say a couple words to make some money off of a spinoff. Yeah, yes. Number one, it had culture. It had comedy. It was it was great. It was legendary. And then you get number two, and it was just like it should have just been like the Love and Hip Hop reunion. <laughs> it shouldn't even been scripted. Oh yes. We could have had Nick Hamilton moderate this. It yes. Had a better. You would have got better lines from people. See you. <laughs> Why aren't you in those meetings over there, man? What the hell? Because <laughs> I might get pregnant if I sit there. <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Nick left. <laughs> he did leave. Please play the clip before I respond to what he had to say about this. I would have loved to have gotten, seen some of the things that we cut out, put back. I would have loved to have given the director time to be in the edit room with the editor, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Um, I would have loved to have gone to Africa. You know, we shot, it was, it was shot in, in- Rick Ross's yard. Rick Ross's yard in yeah. Atlanta. <laughs> I would have loved to have gone, gone to Africa. Um, you know, I wrote, there was an original character I wrote for Dave Chappelle, you know. Oh, wow. Eddie is a monster. And that's, that's an understatement. Because even though the, thing might, the movie might not come out the way everyone felt like it should have, Eddie means so much to the culture mm-hmm. that he put a movie on his back, and that's what it did. That's what he did. You know All what I'm right. saying? And they want to do another one. All right. Oh, so it's gonna be a coming. I'm to not. America I'm not doing it. Oh. Okay. First of all, coming to America two should have took a number two. Yes. Um, that's how bad it was. Thank you. Now I enjoyed girl uh, girls trip. He also wrote that. I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully they do a se- now if they do a sequel to Girls Trip. I heard I would they were. Actually watch I heard that. they were. I heard yeah, they were. I would actually, and he's involved in it. I would actually watch that. I thought Girls Trip was really a good movie. Mm-hmm. I think everybody at the cast, uh, the 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 director, everybody, I think they really did a fantastic job. Um, Coming to America was twenty was twenty years too late. Twenty five years. Oh, too absolutely. Late. If they would have done this in the 90s, like even at the end of the 90s, let's say like 98, 99, it would have been more relevant. I think people would have been more receptive. Mm-hmm. I think people would have been more, I think it would have been a better written script. Um, and they may have taken his ideas better than what he said they took his ideas as far as being the writing of the script. Uh, because back then, you all know, black entertainment, black films, television was really at its height oh, yeah. in the 90s. That's mm-hmm. like the golden age, mm-hmm. you know? So, you had a lot of opportunity and I think a lot more power when you came to putting out, you know, television shows, film scripts, things of that nature back then. Now it's kind of hit and miss. Um, so I didn't enjoy it at all, man. I hope they don't make a third one. I hope they they scrap that idea. Uh, just like I hope they scrap Beverly Hills Cop 4. Yeah. I think they need to like, you have to know when to take your win and walk away with it, right? <laughs> several times. Like Hocus Pocus 2 just came out. It's like nothing compared to Ho- the original Hocus Pocus. Like Hocus Pocus is just that, uh, you know, it's just a legendary film. It's Hocus Pocus. It's, it's such a, um, what's the word I'm looking for, Nick? It's like a. It's nostalgic. It's you know, it, it's just, it, it is what it is. Like you had Sex in the City, then they remade that. And it's like a lot of these, a lot of these films that are big films, that leave a imprint in our hearts and our memories and our childhood. They try to remake them to make money. And it's just like, they take a mm-hmm. loss. Agreed. And mm-hmm. I would just say for the record, I enjoyed Hocus Pocus too. Shout out to Disney for uh, bringing, let me ride sneak preview. Cause I actually enjoyed Hocus Pocus too. For those of you that have not seen it, you definitely have to watch the first one, but I definitely think they did a really good job with the second one. Cause I thought they really did 
a good job as far as kind of bringing the generations in to and tying them in at some point. And yeah. I think that's really vastly important. Much like how we saw Top Gun, the, the most recent Top Gun movie, kind of do the same thing. They kind of tied in. So you ha- you know you you may have watched the first one or you may have been around for the first one, but they kind of tied in for this new generation. So they brought two generations together. So shout out to Disney for Hocus Pocus too, by the way. Shout out. Are you to uh, coming to America three next? Oh no! So we're all in agreement with that. All right, moving on. <laughs> moving on. Uh, with Aaron Judge sitting at 61 home runs for the season, and will more than likely beat Roger Maris's record of 61 home runs in the season, Maris's son has shown support to Judge while throwing shade at Barry Bonds. Maris Jr. said this on Twitter: "Baseball should consider making two separate home run records." PED home run records, and then home run records signs PEDs. Uh, Baseball's commissioner established separate home run records in 1961. Roger Maris was credited for his 61 separately under 162 games. Does Roger Maris Jr. have a point, or or is his hate for Bonds making him sound unintelligent? Okay, I have gotten at Roger Maris Jr. on Twitter a few times. I commend Roger Maris, his father, for hitting a record of that magnitude. Uh, obviously, Aaron Judge is looking to break that record. More than likely, he'll probably break that record with one more home run before the season concludes. And I understand he's support. And, I, and I, it's good to see him support Aaron Judge, uh, MLB bro. Um, here's my thing. First of all, Roger Maris Jr., who's probably never picked up a significant bat and on a collegiate or professional level to play baseball. It's often interesting how people who don't look like us want to be able to sit on a soapbox and wag their finger as if they are without blame or blemish. Number two, Roger Maris Jr., you talk about you talk about separating records. Well, first of all, how about you show me one positive proof test that Barry Bonds tested positive for PEDs or HGH allegedly that he was able, he was supposed to be involved in because to, to, to this day, 2022, the Barry Bonds, who was the home run King, who also hit 73 home runs in a season, the same person that Aaron judge, who you like to stand behind also claimed Barry Bonds as the home run King with 73 home runs and said that was the ultimate record he wanted to aspire to get to. And you talk about separation of records, how about we separate the records pre-1947 was nothing but white men who played baseball because they refused to allow black men to play baseball in Major League Baseball, which created the Negro Leagues. And let's also not forget the main reason why Major League Baseball brought in black players, starting with Jackie Robinson, is because Branch Rickey saw the economic value in bringing in black players because ultimately the Negro Leagues who use these vacated MLB stadiums brought in more revenue than the actual teams themselves, which is why they had to ultimately destroy the Negro leagues and start to raid the fridge as it were, and bring in more black baseball players, not just simply because of talent, but because of economic value. So are we going to separate records from that? Are we going to sit up? Are you, are you, are you a proponent of separating the records for that? Are you also a proponent for trying to show receipts while you try to shade Barry Bonds and not recognizing his greatness? Is it because, oh, is it because of Barry Bonds or is it because he doesn't look like your dad? Which one is it, Roger Maris Jr.? 
that's what I want to know. And just to end on this note, too, even just the separation is so dumb because things are so advanced now. The PEDs come in different ways and different forms, like competitive fitness. They're always finding ways to change things up. And so unless baseball is going to upkeep with all the trends and all the new waves of PEDs, you're never going to really be able to catch it until down the road. So that's just throw that idea out the window, right? Absolutely. And with that, that's the moment's brunch. Well, real quick, obviously, Nick Cannon has had kid number 10. Damn. Uh, God. I Ooh. mean, is, is this guy going to slow down anytime? So is he trying to catch ODB and Sean Kemp and the rest of them that have like 15, 16 kids? It's not funny no more, Nick. Stop. It's not funny no more, bro. It's like, okay, we get it, man. You can make babies. You're having sex. We're jealous. All right? We get it. We get it, Nick. All right? Enough. So dumb. I, <laughs> Sorry. Bang, 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 bang. Put oh, a condom man. on. Damn. <laughs> Reverse it. <laughs> Got to coordinate. Uh, bang, 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 bang. All night long. <laughs> That's my pleasure. He's, he's single-handedly trying to increase the population of the world by himself, man. Hey, <laughs> y'all, know, y'all know it's Ari's hope. This is the first time Ari has said, 15 seconds worth of, worth of content because she's even nervous. She don't even want to talk about this dude because she don't want to have to with a plus test. <laughs> she might be number 11. You might be number 11. I'm just saying. If it hasn't I'm happened already for Nick Cannon. I, I, Nick Cannon, thank you. Don't <laughs> Please make that distinction because that, that'll go viral. Oh, my God. The two, the two radio hosts. No, 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 no. I'm saying... Ari is my friend. <laughs> Ari is also the, one of the hosts of this show and that's all it is. Nick, Nick Cannon. Thank you very much. I'll just say real quick, it doesn't hurt. A vasectomy doesn't hurt, bro. I've had one. It's all right, man. Invest in it. Man, well, we're about to pull out of this show, unlike Nick Cannon. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in to this show. If you miss any portion of this broadcast, make sure you download and subscribe to us on all of the streaming platforms. Thank you so much to SiriusXM, Slam Radio, and Nightcast Media. I like for Jake Warner, producer extraordinaire, Ari Rose, our host. Thank you so much. The best 60 minutes of your week has just concluded. All right, y'all, please be safe. Take care of yourselves. We in the wind like paper planes, y'all. Jake, please.